0: CHAPTER Twelve OF AMONG THE GREAT MASTERS OF THE DRAMA This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. AMONG THE GREAT MASTERS OF THE DRAMA BY WALTER ROLANDS Liston His humor on and off the stage was irresistible. J. R. Planchet liston's greatest success was in the character of paul pry in poole's comedy of that name first performed at the haymarket in eighteen twenty five when the part was given to him he objected to it on the ground that it had no connection with the main plot of the piece and appeared at rehearsal imperfect in his lines and undecided as to the costume just then a workman came on the stage wearing a pair of cossack trousers which the day being wet he had tucked into his wellington boots and the actor at once adopted these features in dressing the part our illustration of paul pry from a painting by clint shows a scene from the second act in a room in colonel hardy's house on the left is eliza played by miss clover next phoebe madame vestry then colonel hardy williams and paul pry liston harry stanley eliza's lover has just been secreted in her room when colonel hardy enters armed with a brace of pistols in search of the intruder and insists upon hearing the truth from phoebe who says you are so passionate sir that even if i knew cries of follow follow and a noise of barking dogs pry without window would you murder me you hard-hearted monster hardy they have him they have him pry with one foot on the window and speaking off don't fire i'm a friend of the family i tell you oh if i do but escape with my life hardy points pistol at pry phoebe then we are saved again pry tumbles in hardy so this is the second time i have you now what rigmarole story can you invent pry let me go there's a mistake i'm not the man i'm your friend i was coming this way intending just to drop in when hardy my friend indeed places pistols on table how dare any friend of mine drop in at the first floor window pry if you doubt my friendship see what i have suffered in your service turns about and shows his clothes torn hardy explain yourself pry i have been hunted like a stag and nearly sacrificed like a heathen to the fury of jupiter and bacchus and all owing to a mistake i saw a strange man climb over your wall and being naturally anxious to know what he could want i followed him gave the alarm and phoebe why this is the same story he told us this morning sir Hardy, and so it is why this is the same story you told me this morning harky sir if you find no better excuse for your extraordinary conduct i shall forget you are my neighbour act in my quality of magistrate and commit you for the trespass i find you entering my house in a very suspicious manner pry well if ever i do a good-natured turn again let me tell you colonel that you are treating me like a phoenix a thing i am not used to hardy what do you mean by treating you like a phoenix pry tossing me out of the frying pan into the fire what i tell you is true i gave the alarm but the fellow was so nimble that he escaped while your servant see me run as if i had been running for a wager Mistook me for the man set the dogs after me and in short i am well off to have escaped with my life hardy if this be true what has become of the other the gates are closed and pry he's safe enough i'll answer for it though i could not overtake him i never lost sight of him observing a signal made by phoebe oh that explains the mystery some swain of mrs phoebe's hardy what has become of him i say i'll not be trifled with you are the only trespasser i discover and you i will commit unless pry oh if that's the case you need not nod and wink at me ladies the matter is growing serious and i have already suffered sufficiently he's here colonel i saw him get in at the window phoebe oh the wretch a likely story a man get in at the window and we not see him why we have not been out of the room this half hour have we miss hardy do you hear that a likely story indeed if you saw him describe him pry describe him how can i describe him i tell you he was running like a greyhound he didn't wait for me to take his portrait he got up at the window and i'll swear he didn't get down again so here he must be walks up and round the stage and looks under sofa and table phoebe it is a pity mr pry you have no business of your own to employ you ay that's right look about here you had better search for him in my young lady's reticule snatches reticule from eliza Stand aside mrs. Phoebe and let me Phoebe why you abominable person that is miss Eliza's room How dare you open the door throwing him round by collar? Hardy you abominable person. How dare you open my daughter's room? throwing him round by collar Pry if there's no one concealed there why object? Hardy True if there's no one concealed there why object? phoebe i wonder sir you allow of such an insinuation places herself at the door no one shall enter this room we stand here upon our honour and if you suspect my young ladies what is to become of mine i should like to know pry can't possibly say but i would advise you to look after it for i protest there he is hardy endeavouring to suppress his anger sir you are impertinent it cannot be and i desire you will quit my house simon goes to the door enter simon simon open the door for mr pry phoebe simon you are to open the door for mr pry pry oh i dare say simon hears i wish you a very good morning i expected to be asked to dinner for this at least this is most mysterious i say simon exit whispering to simon liston was much addicted to playing practical jokes and to making puns at one time when hamlet was the play and mrs stephen kimball was just going on the stage as ophelia in her madness he handed her instead of the usual basket filled with flowers and straws one containing carrots turnips onions and other savory but unromantic vegetables and thus equipped as it was too late to go back the unfortunate actress was compelled to finish the scene he once asked Matthews to play for his benefit Matthews having to act elsewhere that night excused himself saying I would if I could but I can't split myself in halves I don't know that retorted Liston. I have often seen you play in two pieces George Clint miniature painter engraver and portrait painter was born in london in seventeen seventy and died there in eighteen fifty four several of his paintings including the one given here are in the south kensington museum and a number belong to the garrick club almost all of these are of theatrical subjects in the representation of which clint was most successful keane munden farron fawcett charles kimball and matthews with many others were thus painted by him End of chapter 12.